Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Get ready for the incredible Irene Forte of Irene Forte Skincare and where we learn exactly how she built her natural sustainable skincare brand. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow founders of beauty brands across the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a lonely and tough journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious to know how to build brands, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you to our guest speaker today, the wonderful Irene Forte. Irene's family originates from Italy, and in Italy, it was where Irene realized the rich organic ingredients and the bountiful produce of Sicily. She found it made a perfect base for a skincare line with health and wellness at its heart. Fast forward today, she's now the owner of Irene Forte Skincare, and also one of the most leading skincare and wellness experts out there. Irene, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast, and thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. So, I mean... I just want to get straight into it because I think you've got such a fascinating story to tell. But I want to ask you the most obvious question, which is, who is Irene? Tell us a bit more about you. So I grew up, I guess, in the UK, but my parents are Italian. So I have a very Italian mother and quite, um, I had quite an Italian upbringing, uh, very family orientated. My family is a hospitality family. So I grew up working a lot in hotels uh, during holidays and talking about hotels and restaurants and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I've always been very into health and wellness. I did a lot of sport when I was younger, which got me into healthy eating and then beauty kind of followed and I have been working for my family's business, so my father's business, which is Rocco Forte Hotels. I had been working for there for nine years, and actually it was only since November that I became a consultant for them to focus on my range. So I was overseeing spas and wellness for them, and that's kind of 
what got me into doing skincare. Well, it's so crazy. This is why I love doing this podcast because I actually hearing that, I feel it's such a similar story to my journey where my father's, I worked for my father, worked with my father. Now I'm a consultant to his company that mm-hmm. allows me time to really focus on my businesses. And, you know, yeah. maybe one day you have that, you have those options. You're like, you know, if my business gets big enough, that's what you'll focus on. If not, you know, you always still have the family business to work with. It's, it's very true. It's, it's, and it's, it's nice to know. It's very comforting. But like, what's, what's it like working with family? And do you, would you say you're, you know, do you enjoy more being independent or do you like that kind of family business? So I, I love the family business. I love Rocco Forte Hotels. I'm incredibly attached to it because really I spent, I've been working there for nine years, but my year out uh, from university, I spent working at Verdura Resort. So really it's been 10 and maybe 11 if you add up all the work experiences and things. But I think it was fantastic at the beginning. And my father has always given me a lot of independence. He let me be very entrepreneurial. So I did a number of projects within the hotels. I launched, launched a training app with government funding. I, um, I launched their families, our forte program. So their families program. I created the spa concept and spearheaded all the like wellness, uh, wellness offerings and concept for the group. So I was allowed to do lots of amazing different things within within the within the company which I think would have been impossible if I wasn't um if I was a regular employee so I had a huge advantage in that sense it's great to work with my siblings and my father but I think the difficulty I found was that eventually I wanted more um and I think it's very hard to make that next step and also I think you know, in a sense, you're handed, you know, you you want to prove yourself. You don't want to just do the easy thing. And the easy thing probably would have been to to stay in the company in a sense. But I'm, I'm really lucky because I've kind of managed to get the both, the best of both worlds because I've still got one foot in the door and I'm still involved and I still get to give my input. But at the same time, I have the independence uh, and, and a business of my own that if it becomes incredibly successful, then great. Then, then, then that's it. And, you know, that's kind of the, the, the dream but um yep. you always have something to fall back on if it if it doesn't which is also amazing so and i love that and also you know even apart from all of that is also like you get to learn um things in, in different environments and different experiences which can help each other um you know one thing you learn with your own brand you can bring to your family business and yeah. vice versa which really does separate yourself as well and become a bigger asset it's true and i think I, I mean, all the things I got to learn from 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 working in the family business have been indispensable to 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 this business. And I was lucky because I got to really see how the business was run, which has really helped me because I got and also have all the kind of, you know, they're very structured with HR, you know, how they do the executive reports and everything. So I got insight into all of that, which has helped me really run my business in the proper way so to speak um which has been incredibly helpful i'm sure of it i'm sure so i mean your journey into skin and wellness and especially the two together because not not often do they coincide a lot of people do create skincare 
that's not necessarily based on naturality and wellness. And I think you've really married the two so successfully, not only in your brand, but also as you as an individual. What was that, what was that turning point in where you kind of realized wellness was such an important factor for you? Well, I think it's because skincare came later for me. So I actually realized that one of the recipe or the recipe for good skin is more of a 360 degree approach. So it's healthy diet, it's good sleep, it's a, it's a doing movement. So to promote blood flow circulation, and then it's the treatments, the great products. So, so I know that it's just, if someone said to me, is this product going to revolutionize my skin? I should probably say yes, but I say no, yeah. it has to come with all the rest. So. That makes sense. It. And I, I think, I think also it's so important for people to really understand the imp- importance of wellness and how, you know, a skincare product or a beauty product, it's a factor, but there's a whole life cycle. It's whatever, what else you do as well, what you eat or your stress levels, you know, um, your daily kind of routine. And I think that's so important. But like, so on that note, before we go into the business, because I'm so excited to learn how you built it, what would you say, um, you know, is your daily routine like to keep yourself in a kind of a wellness environment and your well-being very intact? So I think the first thing is I never jeopardize sleep for anything. And I actually try and sleep at least eight and a half hours a night. Um, so that's my first my first wellness pillar, I would say, that I follow. Um, I yeah. do a lot of sports still as well. Um, so I exercise maybe four or five times a week and, and mix it up a lot to have different different things that keep me engaged in a sense. And then um, I love my skincare rituals, so my morning routines, my evening routines, but also doing a slightly longer routines some evenings as well. Uh, regular treatments. I missed the treatments during the various oh, yeah. lockdowns, so I'm very happy to to be doing treatments again. Um, and then I've always kind of lived off a Mediterranean diet, so lots of whole grains, fatty acids, so omega-rich foods, um, and yeah, eating quite a balanced diet, three meals a day, not fatty trends and things. That's always kind of been my my way of life in a sense i love that i think i love that fact that you started with sleep it's something that i need to learn from you and, and i've heard it so many <laughs> times but i'm 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 a i'm a very bad person when it comes to my sleep i, I don't give it justice enough and i, I think sometimes it's, i feel like i can function with less sleep but actually mm-hmm. i forget that my brain is sometimes stronger than my body and my body's saying no 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 rest 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 and my brain is like go 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 um, but I know it's hard because, um, as you know, having your own brand as well, your business, it, it can be sometimes that's very hard to kick, you know, keep to the nine to five, nine to six. It's yeah. kind of when yeah, a problem happens at 11 a.m., you're going to work on it, you know, of course, uh, of 11 p.m., 11 a.m. It doesn't matter. So um, so I, I want to really know now about how Irene Forte skincare came about. And um, I know one of the, the main kind of pillars you kind of go on, I, I might say this wrong, is Natura e Scienza, um, mm-hmm. which I think is like the natural science, natural and science. Can you talk a bit about this? Sure. I mean, you said it perfectly, actually. Natura e Scienza. Good. Very good. Um, <laughs> so it, it really started because I was looking for a brand to kind of create a unified 
thread across all the Rocco Forte spas because when I started looking after the spas, they were all using different brands. And I needed a brand that was very experiential and I wanted something that was natural. But the brands that I was looking at were were a bit naive, I found, um, quite naively natural, let's say. And then the very efficacious scientific brands were often not very experiential and too cold. So I saw that there was kind of a gap to create uh, a natural brand that was made better by the guidance of science. And also there were very few Italian brands and as a predominantly Italian brand or Rocco Forte Hotels as a predominantly Italian brand, I wanted to do something um, Italian focused. And I had this amazing organic farm in Sicily, um, which I knew was the perfect base for a natural skincare line. And I really needed to find a doctor to bring out that scienza part, that science to life. And um, I met with a number of labs over over six months and I came across very luckily Dottoressa Francesca Ferri in 2014 and we've been working together since um, since 2014 and um, she's been formulating for over 35 years uh, always with an organic cosmetic matrix so clean formulas she has done amazing things like extract resveratrol from Trentino grapes. She was one of the first to do that. She's um, got a reserve technique for the extraction of melatonin from plants, creating an ingredient called phytomelatonin, which is considered a super anti-ager and has, uh, she has amazing, amazing clinical uh, studies behind that ingredient um, amongst a number of other things so she was kind of I, I knew that she was the perfect fit to help me bring the brand to life and she's very Italian uh, a bit of an artist so I thought I could handle her because she reminded me a lot of my mother um, and uh, so we yeah we've had an amazing partnership ever since and over three years we really worked hard to formulate and we launched the brand at the end of 2018 and I was also lucky enough to use all the spa professionals at Verdura, at Verdura or at all of our hotels to really um, to really give it that spa grade or spa level um, approval uh, because they were tough, tough. They're tough people to please. Um, spa experts Definitely. and therapists, <laughs> and, and especially the clients coming in, you know, they expect because uh, they're not really often seeing the products, so they expect it to be you know, perfection and it has to be uh, really doing what it's uh, what it's meant to be doing. So, but one one thing I'm really curious is because as a as a brand founder, costs are sometimes so important, and I love. The fact that you went down a something that means something to you, that you've got childhood connection to and, you know, you're Italian, but also you want the best for the, your customer to experience the best. And also, you know, groundbreaking and a bit revolutionary as well with kind of going further into science and well-being. How was that journey like? Did you have those like maybe your CFO or I say your inner demons, but usually it's a CFO telling you, no, no, no. Go to go to China, get lower cost of goods or, you know, produce it somewhere else. Because even for us, you know, we're looking at where we're making our produce and products. And it's just sometimes uh, cost can be really higher in Europe or in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in certain countries. So I had my luxury hat on, I think. Um, I grew up in luxury, working in luxury hotels. So it's always about 
you know, delivering the best and kind of worrying about the cost later. So I think that was a little bit my my approach. Um, and I wanted to get the highest quality ingredients, the best possible packaging. And I, I just went down the route of producing everything in Italy because I wanted a brand that was sustainable, that had sustainability at its heart. And I actually thought I was on my own doing it too. So going to China, you know, I looked into it, but it, it all seemed like even more of a headache than actually doing it with local suppliers near where my lab was based that my lab had used um, before. But that's not to say I haven't had all sorts of packaging problems and all oh, sorts yes. of dramas. So um, we all, yeah. even when you spend the money, it's never, never going to be perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this week I'm dealing with all of these issues and I'm like, all right, yeah. bring it to me. What more issues? What more issues? But it's part of the journey. And I think also part of the journey. you're doing it right. And right now, all brands are trying to go local, cut down all these lead times, not have operations all over the world because it's saving costs. And, you know, the carbon footprint of shipping is also a factor, all this stuff. So what you've done is actually what brands are trying to now do now. So especially after the pandemic has really just astronomically increased all these costs for yeah. businesses that... Many people don't realize, but, you know, like the fact that planes have stopped flying has made commercial, you know, now we can't ship things as easier. So now just to air freight something is three to four times more just yeah. as a base standard. And it's this crazy. has made big, big issues. So like, would you say like, you know, your, your Irene Forte skincare, it's born in Italy, but, you know, you're based in, in London. Um, and what's your kind of main market? Would you say it's, it's, it's Italy or is it now expansion? Or So, so it... It's it started as UK and Italy and actually over the last it, it so I launched the brand for Rocco Forte Hotels thinking that I was just gonna do it as a little side project whilst I ran other bits and pieces for the family business. And then it started going well and so and you so I decided to try and get into retail. Um and I launched with a global exclusive with Netta Porter uh in terms of retail. And then I started to kind of figure out what what markets I, I wanted to be in. And Italy was very important to me as an Italian brand. And actually, I'm quite widespread across profumeria in particular in Italy. So profumeries that have a very loyal client base um, and are quite well respected. And that route, that more niche route has been more sensible for me in Italy. Yeah. Um and then in the UK, so I was with Net uh, and Liberty, and now I'm with flan the Flannels and Fraser stores. Um, but again, the UK is quite different because there's not so many niche uh, retailers. And and then now US is becoming a very important market for me. Uh, I'm starting to focus on it more. So we're launching. Uh, we were with, we are with a very niche store in New York called Shen Beauty and Jessica Richards always finds amazing, uh, niche brands. And now we are launching with Nordstrom and a few other much bigger, bigger retailers now. But yes, yeah, so sorry, long winded answers, predominantly UK, Italy and now US is US. a really important market. Yeah, I think I think when it comes to beauty, I mean, we launched our brand in Sephora from day one. And I think mm -hmm. it was our, our biggest influencer in a way, like, you know, launching with a strong partner in US, 
does have that global effect because um, you're really seeing that kind of the beauty trends trickling into Europe and UK. Uh, But then kind of you've done a really smart move with positioning with the right places because your product is obviously, as as, as you said before, it's luxury, but it's also efficacy and it needs a lot of Mm -hmm. sometimes education as well to get it into the right hands. Um, especially when it comes to skincare, because you've got to be careful about different concerns and skin types. Would you say D2C is now like um, a big driving force for you, an important factor for you? Because after the pandemic, you know, can we rely on retail as much? And do you, mm-hmm. it's better to have that first-hand connection with the consumers? It, it's incredibly important and something that we're really focusing on. But the difficulty is as a niche luxury brand or a brand that people don't know yet, it's really important for them to try and feel the products first. So spas are an incredibly important part of my strategy um, to allow consumers to really enjoy the organoleptic properties of the product. Um, And also having doors are incredibly important. And then I see D2C as more of a repeat purchase, to be honest. Totally just yeah, because yeah. of the price point of my products. But of course, we're investing heavily in that area. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a tricky one it, it, with the pandemic. And obviously, I think going that goes to my next question with obviously the pandemic is, has brought a lot of change and provisions have to be agile right now. And obviously for you, as you were saying before, spars is quite an important factor um, and trying the products, but then stores and retail have closed and spas have been closed for a while during lockdowns. Have you seen a shift? Things will open up and I'm sure the market, especially spas, I can't wait to go to a spa and book my treatment. So (laughs) I think it's all going to get hopefully back to normal soon. But would you say like at home spas has been a thing for you? Has people started investing into like making their own at home rituals with your product? Definitely. I saw a huge spike during the first lockdown. So March last year, where there was suddenly this kind of boom of everyone wanting to do at home this and at home that. And we saw a huge spike on our e-commerce. I I mean, our e-commerce sales are up three times on last year. So of course, the the pandemic has has, um, caused our e-commerce to spike. But I, it, it kind of petered out a little bit after the first lockdown, I think. I think maybe people got bored or they had their routines now and they didn't need to. But at the beginning, there was a huge, huge wave of people wanting to know how and how to do this and that and, and really purchasing a lot online it's really i think i think it's it's opened up a lot of like a new doors and new opportunities as well for businesses because no longer is it as simple as retail and uh, offline online it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of more channels now that's opened up i even say tiktok is a channel you know like how do you even yeah. work with social media and different social media platforms as a sort of a, a storefront in a way because mm-hmm. it's really really changing um, I, I do, I do have to like ask because one thing what really shocked me about you know you reached out and you interviewed my sister on Irene Forte and and it was so like heartwarming to see like a brand a fellow brand you know reach out to other founders and amplify their stories. What was your reasoning for you know just being so collaborative and talking to other founders and yeah I love that. Well, I think it's so important because it's so hard being a, yeah. a, a founder of a business. I think 
people never really see the behind the scenes. And I think when I speak to people, they, they presume that I have loads of employees and that, you know, I'm just there to kind of do a few interviews and, and show my face and splat some product on my face. And, and so I love telling, uh, other founder stories at exactly as you're doing and, and promoting other brands because I think, especially with the the smaller brands it's really important to to work together and 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 build together i think um absolutely and amplify each other's stories because you when you collaborate you benefit together number one but also you learn from each other and i think this is also one of the reasons why i created the podcast was you know secretly selfishly if i may say so was i'm just <laughs> taking notes like every time i finish a podcast i'm inspired i'm learned i've learned something um, but I've also felt calmer because I feel like, you know, the thing you were saying with printing issues, you know, just hearing that was like, mm-hmm. all right, cool, I'm not <laughs> the only one. <laughs> because people don't always say the negatives, especially founder to founder. Like, you know, they say, yeah. they say, oh, it's done really well, done this and this. And then you kind of compare, you can compare yourself quite easily. It's very common because as a founder, you'll follow other founder-led brands or, or businesses and you'll look at successes and you'll see, oh, my God, they got this Vogue feature. Oh, my God, this person got reposted yeah. by this account. And wow. But you don't know the journey there. And also, you know, you have to sometimes flip at the table and be like, but hang on, I did this last week. That's a wow, you know. And do you find it hard sometimes to, like, close that inner inner saboteur telling you, oh, you need to do more, you need to do more? It, it's hard to do, but what I always try and do is I if I think back to two years ago when I launched the brand, I would have never in a million years imagined that I would be where I am today. And I think that's the way to look at it. Yeah, okay, my forecasts were through the roof um, always. I, I, you know, I would always have very ambitious forecasts. So maybe I'm not where I was forecasting two years ago, <laughs> but I'm definitely in a place that I never imagined I would be. And I think that's a good way to look at it. And also to celebrate the wins because I ha- I don't do that enough. And I keep trying to tell myself to do that now, to celebrate with my team when things go well, because otherwise it's constantly about chasing the next target. And, and, and I think sometimes actually it's important to just take a step back and be like, oh, yeah, we actually did really well here. And wow, we got this retailer, which... Uh, we never imagined we would get you know that's really important and also like to be honest you launched two years ago um you know the half a year and a half of this or a year at least of it was during a pandemic so as well like it was not the normal case and when you launch a brand you sort of have visions and plans and maybe pop-up stores and this and that and then everything you have to change and reinvent it the brand in a way so that is also something to really consider that many brands haven't made it past the lockdown, you know, haven't yeah. have had to close down the fact that you're still here and, and growing and, 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 you know, sharing your story. It's, it's super incredible, but I love oh, the fact you that guys you said, too. Yeah. You oh, guys thank too. you. Yeah. It, well, I think in a way as well, we were kind of fortunate to launch day one of lockdown because we got to launch in a different way. Like we, we mm-hmm. didn't actually push the button on a lot of things. To be honest, we had things that we had like, 
our, our team was meant to go to a Sephora summit in Vegas. We had tickets. We were meant to for a documentary in India. We were meant to do a pop-up stories and events and literally all the deposits. We even have like a big rickshaw we printed and we made, sorry, and painted <laughs> sitting in a warehouse. I was like, probably collecting dust and we're like, oh, all these ideas we had. Yeah. But we were able to, from day one, just be like, cool, digital first, online, retail, let's focus here and then we'll build it step by step. But going, you know, you said something about your team and I love this because I'm a firm believer of conscious. um, For me, like, it's really important that we're very conscious of our team and we really build our team up, you know, from the root. We're only as strong as, you know, yes, it might be a Rene Forte skincare. It might be Akash and Nikita Mata, Mata, the founders of Fable and Main. But I know and you know, it's really XXXX in our team that's Mm -hmm. pretty much driving the force. So how have you been you know, motivating your team and what do they mean to you? So I think team is the most important thing of any business. People come first. I guess that's also something that got really ingrained in me from working in hospitality um, because I was actually overseeing a, a learning and development for the, ho- for the hotels as one of my other fun uh, side projects for, for a period. Um, and so I really learned a lot from from that time um and i think it's so important to have people that complement your own skill set and that you should never be competitive you know i i've seen some people hire people that are always worse worse than them so that they know that they've got people that are kind of yes yes women and men and just do what they say but i i like to build a team of people that i think are going to challenge me and also add value to to my own skill set that have different skill sets because i'm not good at everything and i can't do everything perfectly of course so um that's Mm. been incredibly important and then um i think you have to have some authority but at the same time as being very friendly and uh, on on their level as well i think that's incredibly important and sometimes quite a difficult balance um to get especially because well you're very young uh, yeah as am i youngish um i'm youngish but so that that too because sometimes you're hiring people that are older than you and and um you still need to have some kind of authority but but um, also have a great relief. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Relationship. And that and that balance of being both like a friend, a boss, but also a mentor. It's it, it yeah. can be very tricky. And mentor and boss are, are slightly different because as I said, mm-hmm. boss shows that authoritative figure. Um, but the mentorship shows the sort of listening and the growth and the learning. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's a very hard balance. And I personally I mean, in my corporate career, when I was working for five years in different companies, I always had to manage people older than me. And Mm -hmm. it was hard. And I I remember being so embarrassed of my age because I felt it was sort of like people were thinking it as like, like, oh, you're young, so you can't be good. And it was never like, you're young and your work isn't good. It was just, Mm -hmm. you're young, full stop. And then I was always like, that's really unfair because everyone is so different. So I always think like, I've always had this mentality, like if I hire someone, I hire them for their, re- their grit, their determination, then their kind of even their personality and their work. Right. And I give them tasks at the interview stage to see what they do. But I don't look at age. And sometimes I after I realize after I've hired, I'm like, oh, you're 22. I didn't realize I thought you were 30 or like, you know, yeah. or you're 40. I thought you were 30. Like, it doesn't matter. But when you when you hire your employees, like because I really am curious of this, what's your usual like? process are you very like um vibe or are you very like no it has to be the the cv the experience so i go a a lot on vibe almost 70 percent on on vibe i mean i have you know core competencies that i work around when i hire people you know all the competency-based questions and things but and and that also i guess gives you you a bit of vibe as well um I also like looking at how long someone has worked in different places. I think that's a really important thing to look at because if it's like six months, six months, six months, six months, and that always tells me something that maybe something wasn't quite, isn't quite right. Um, I like people that have been somewhere for a long time. Um, yeah, but largely vibe, basically. Vibe. I, th- I think it's very important to have a good vibe and connection but I mean, there are sometimes cases where even I have a good vibe with someone. I mean, I've had to hire loads of different people and sometimes it doesn't work out mm-hmm. from both ends. And it can be tough because, um, yeah, it can be, you can be friends or it could be, um, you're maybe too close as well. So it is a very hard balance. But I think as long as you just really bring your team up with you. And also I have a mentality personally in my companies that's always like a trampoline. Because mm-hmm. when I was at my corporate life, I always said, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm on a stepping stone. Like mm-hmm. I want to keep on learning and growing. And it's at university. You don't do the same course a year and a year and a year. So in my mm-hmm. team, I don't want someone to do the same thing every year. They're not learning. They're not growing. They're not incentivized to stay. And I even say like upfront, obviously there's a few people I'm like, please don't ever leave because I need you so badly. But yeah. like, I will say like, if you guys leave in a year, two years, three years, as long as I'm propelling you to your better future, I'm so happy. And I think that mentality is always 
like, a lot of the time when people are hired in my company, they always say that stood out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people don't, when I, I mean, I've been scarred in my year, in my corporate careers, but I've been told in my, t- well, in front of my team, my team have been told with my boss, like, you know, if you haven't spent three years here, you haven't really done anything. Mm-hmm. And I was always listening to this and I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Why three years? Why not? Why four years? Why not two years? Like, you know, this doesn't make sense. So I think that past experience has really, um, kind of ingrained that, but would you say you agree with that too? Like, yeah, I completely agree with that. So I really want my team to grow and you give, I, I give them insights into kind of all aspects of the business, even if it's not relevant to actually their role at the time because I want my team to understand all aspects of the business if I have interns they do everything and then you know kind of figure out what their niche is and then they can focus a little bit more on 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 what they're more interested in near the end of the internship um but yeah and I think it's really important to be honest with your team and and transparent um and so that they un- really understand what the goals are and, you know, what's not going well and what's going well. And also to obviously have regular. So I do a career chat every six months and appraisal every year as well, so that I also have that kind of formal conversation and understand what their what their goals are and um what and what I could do better. I always ask them, what what, what am I not doing that? that I could do better. Important. But I think anyone working for you would be a dream just because also you've been trained in hospitality too, and you've been around <laughs> that. So, I mean, that's like a marriage in heaven of like just having the best boss ever, I'm sure. So uh, a, lot of, a lot, I'm sure so that they're great. It sounds people. like you are too. So <laughs> I think for me, it's more, I guess my, I've suffered enough in the corporate. I, I've had bosses tell me like, mistake one mistake two to my face uh sometimes i cried and they look at me like this and they're like no. you finished and i'm like all right like literally you, you saw emily in paris that that was yeah. my life in paris no. so, um <laughs> so i think that's just learned i think i'm so grateful for these opportunities because it's just taught me like what i don't want to do mm-hmm. so it's allowed me to only be what i want to be what i wanted to have i guess um one thing i, I also want to kind of touch up on is so Irene Forte skincare is sort of your, it's your name. What was the reason for, well, it's, it's part of your, it's, it's, uh, you have to explain a bit more about that actually to me mm-hmm. as well. So Irene is your first name. Forte is the, um, what, it, yeah, what is, is the, it's my surname. Yeah. So it is my name. It's your surname. So it is your yeah. surname. So it is. Okay, perfect. So what was, cause I created an agency with my name and I actually, fun story. I changed the name mm-hmm. mainly because Every, but as, as in, it's a different model because it was an agency. Every meeting, they were like, is a cash on the call? Where's the cash on the call? I thought, is the cash going to come? And I realized, wait, this is not a consultancy. This is an agency <laughs> with my team and my account managers. And I can't be in every single call because I've got a beauty brand to build. Mm-hmm. So I changed the name. Um, but I initially had a cash agency. So why Irene Forte Skincare? And has there been any, pos- like, obviously there are a lot of positives, but what's been the sort of, I guess, the drawbacks of having your name in your own company? So initially, I really didn't want to use my name. And in fact, over the three years that I was developing um, my line, I tested a range of six products in Rocco Forte Hotels, which was called Forte Organics, that, that I had branded Forte Organics, but it was it was a Rocco Forte Hotels product line. Um, so, so the reality is that I wanted to 
keep the Forte Organics name, but it was it was under the Rocco Forte Hotels trademarks, etc. Um, and then all the advice I was given was, you know, just actually just put your name on it. That's the easiest thing to do. Also, all the Forte stuff was kind of taken from Rocco Forte and Hotels, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't around the world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't take that. So I was trying, I wanted something with forte because it means strong and it's very Italian and, and of course it's relevant to me, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure out something that worked. And so everyone's like, just put your first name in front of it and, and be done with it. And I, I was toiling with it for about six, six months before I finally, in fact, I registered all sorts of weird things with forte that were terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Irene Forte sounds amazing, number one. And B, actually, it makes perfect sense because you are the voice, the, the brand, the DNA. And that's why I love, especially with this podcast, amplifying founder-led stories. It's, it's so clear Irene Forte is in Irene Forte skincare. So for me, it's perfect sense. And also it, it sort of justifies that kind of efficacy that you brought up with, with the products. I feel like if you had another name, it might have been lost. So to be, um, I think you've done a good job and keeping it. And I think, uh, but, but I do have a question, which is in the future, like the, I always look at the Jo Malone story, right? Mm-hmm. Jo Malone sold it off and then it becomes so big. And then she's got her name out there, but it's mm-hmm. beyond herself. So are you always planning to keep this? Your, we don't know. Obviously you can't say for the future, but what's your plans? So my plan is, um, that I don't know, that I'm open to all different options yeah. because I think you have to be. But I also know that if a business is being very well run, um, you're getting good dividends from it. Um, yeah. You might not, maybe it actually doesn't make sense to ever sell it and you can have someone else eventually running it. So I'm I, I'm I'm open basically, and if I have to sell my name, I have to sell my name. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a that's a that's a tricky one, but exactly. But I think as long as you you know, and right now you're on the driver, you know, you're the one making the decisions, and if you do end up doing that, you're going to make sure you've at least sold it to someone who you trust, and you also can be involved. So those decisions will come in time, mm-hmm. and I think you're right in saying you don't know because it's right. Keep it open. But uh, I think anyway, um, I, I, I'm kind of with you in that sense is like it is um, it is possible today as brands are getting more streamlined, operations are getting a bit more easier, some form or another. But, you know, to keep ownership still and have mm-hmm. it run, um, especially if, you know, it just depends on that way, which direction you're staying niche and luxury or you're staying mass market in every single retail store around the exactly. world. So that makes a difference too. So, but I think with the Rene Forte skincare for now, I think you're building it really from its heart and not from revenue, which I think is so important when it yeah. comes to this product and this range, especially, and I think in business in general, I feel I'm quite sick of beauty brands that are built around. Um, um, and that's why I love this podcast. Every single person I'm speaking to, it's coming from a story. It's coming mm-hmm. from authentic why and how. But so many times have I've seen businesses in which I won't be, you know, putting on my podcast, which is like sitting on a round table. Okay, what's let's create a name. There's a gap in the market here. There's a gap in the market here. It's going to cost us this. Let's go. And sometimes you see brands that are built like this and then 
uh, founder or celebrity just popped on the front of it, you know, yeah. and getting some rate dividends or whatever, as you said. And I think, yes, there's a space for it, but it's not emotive. It's not compelling and it's not true. And half the time, those people won't probably even be using their own products. That's the, that's the worst part. So you do you use a Rene Forte skincare? I'm sure you do, but just to confirm. I, I, I do only use the Rene Forte skincare every day. Good. Um, no, I, I love... If you, if you I, said no, I would have, I would have pressed. Okay, you would have pressed. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> no, I, 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 I love my products. Um, so I, I say that a lot to people and I'm like, I think I'm, I'm allowed to say that I love my products. They're like, yeah. I think it's also yeah. so cool. You can go to people and be like, you have beautiful skull. Oh, thank you. It's a Rene Forte on a Rene Forte. Like that's just <laughs> such a cool thing to say. <laughs> so you've got I, that I do it to my friends a lot because a lot of my friends um, only use my products. And every time I see them, I'm like, your skin looks amazing. And they're like, it's a Rene Forte skincare. Forte. It's a really sad thing that we, we have started doing I that. I love it. But also just the name is like, because uh, Irene Forte, it just sounds like, it just sounds like it should be everywhere. Like I could see it next to Louis Vuitton, Irene Forte. The only problem is so it, cool. it does, it is kind of Irene Fort, which doesn't work so well. Yes. So but you know that, that was but something that, that... <laughs> I toiled with when I was, when I was using my name. So. But you know, I think there's so many brands out there that, I mean, even this whole Nike and Nike, like, I think it's just like... Over time, as people hear more and more about it, people will just start knowing and it will just be, even like Pangaea, initially people were saying, yeah, like Pangaea. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Yeah. So uh, Irene Forte will be Irene Forte forever. People people will know. We'll make sure people know. (laughs) Um, So I think before, I want to actually go into, before we go into the fire round questions, I have two last questions. Mm -hmm. One is... um, what would you tell your, you know, your younger self um, before you embarked on your entrepreneurship journey to hopefully help you on the way? What's that one advice you would give? I think I would have said not to get too worked up when things go wrong. Because I've learned to be incredibly resilient now, but it took yeah. a bit of time. I mean, of course, you get upset when things go wrong, but it... it it used to kind of really eat me up emotionally. Whereas now I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll just learn. How are we going to deal with it? That's it. How, how did you build that? Was it just by having a lot of, like, I guess, would you, is it by having a lot of those experiences that you've just become resilient over time? Or was it a change in mindset that you had to enforce? I think it's by having a lot of those experiences of things going incredibly wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and just knowing that you, you know, the best thing instead of getting worked up is figuring out how you're going to deal with it. Yeah, and, and exactly. And getting worked up, you're going to just waste more time. Um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, for, for me, it's, it's the same. It's just having so many. And sometimes day after day or hour after hour, you're like, okay, this is a, it's like falling. You're just like, okay, I'm used to scars. My scars are my warrior. Like it's part of me. But at the same time, I'm sure same as you. It's also about you've done, you have a lot of other things going on. You're working as a consultant in your family business. You have your other projects. Mm -hmm. And I think you realize over time how you can't let one isolated incident of one part of your business affect everything else because you might have a production issue this hour with printers gone wrong and cartons print, printed wrong. And the next hour you're dealing with your Google account manager talking about the ads and you can't bring that energy there, you know, because 
it's 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 not going to be productive exactly exactly it's a bit of this uh so i yeah i absolutely agree and and my last question before we go into the fire round is uh, i always ask this to everyone so the pandemic is sort of well in some markets some countries it's it's starting to pick up it's starting to get a bit better and travel is picking up and tsa is basically saying okay you can travel rna but you can only bring one product with you from a rna for skincare one product which one would you say is your hero product? It's really hard. I, I, I know gonna... <laughs> every single person says this is the meanest question. And I say, well, it's not me, it's TSA. So, you know. <laughs> I, I would bring my hibiscus night cream, which I would use day and night. Um, and it's great to massage with too. So I could do some face massage with it too. Um, it's it's our top selling product. Uh, amazing ingredients going through some really nice, some anti-wrinkle trials at the moment already clinically proven for sensitive skin and a number of other um, exciting things around that product to come. So that one for sure. Wow. Well, number one thing is to mention as well as hibiscus is like the hottest new ingredient right now. So uh, if you guys need to, um, if you guys want to try an Avena Forte skincare product, I think you need to try that then because hibiscus is in and uh, it is an amazing is it amazing in ingredient. is it in in hair care as well or is it is it yeah so yeah. we're actually a little teaser but we're launching a hibiscus product as our next no product so it's launching very soon it uh, but but we're having some uh, you know production issues this is always a problem right <laughs> now so we have some of our supply of raw materials from india so it's just really right now tricky because of the pandemic but it's our next product launch is hibiscus but yeah. it's an amazing ingredient for skin it's been dubbed the botox plant so Mm, uh, yeah it's incredible how these these ingredients can help your hair skin and also ingesting but the skin effect the hair sorry needs exactly the same as the skin i've i've learned um so things like hyaluronic acid peptides exactly peptides and hibiscus well we take the seeds which are uh, peptides so they're hibiscus seed peptides that we take from 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 the hibiscus and you know i've done so much research probably so off topic but it's just a fun little anecdote but like i've been looking at like tiktok influencers for this hibiscus i'll I'll send you some actually because it could be good for you as well and there's this amazing tiktok influencer it's a tortoise and it eats hibiscus it's got millions of followers and i was like i was like what this tortoise is like it's obviously it's hard to we're not gonna put a beauty product on a tortoise but it's got an owner but i thought there'd be something so funny about how this tortoise this huge tortoise eat hibiscus every day you know could they could you do something together with the owner and the, yeah but it's 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 funny how um animals you know it's it's such an, a renowned ingredient and i was so annoyed because it's so hard to source a beautiful hibiscus for photo mm. shoots and stuff in so, london so hard uh, it's so but we worked with the la photographer in there who was like oh i have this just around the corner growing and i'm like what uh, it's like all over. Yeah, it's a climate. You need the right climate. Yeah. No, we have them at our farm in Sicily. But whenever I've tried to do sh- shoots here with with um, hibiscus, it's been Im- impossible. You have to get like an actual, um, like a fake one that's thing, because otherwise there's no chance of yeah. production. <laughs> it's the anyway. That's a hibiscus. That's another hibiscus podcast. There's so much storytelling on hibiscus. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna before. Yeah, we're just gonna wrap it up with the fire round questions. It's been an absolute pleasure, and, and there's so much more we can talk about. But um, I guess everyone will have to follow you and your journey to to learn more. So first question um, is: What's another sort of beauty brand, wellness brand that you love? 
So I've always been very impressed by Tata Harper and the story of her farm. And it was female founded and she was one of the pioneers in natural skincare or she was and and so I I was using a lot of her products and I was quite inspired by her um in launching design yeah Tata what she's done is incredible Mm. um what's a guilty pleasure of yours watching the Kardashians whilst answering my emails I know you know what I just thought it came up on my TikTok feed, but there's like this person that mimics the Kardashians and she's got <laughs> millions of followers. And I was just watching her videos for like 10 minutes. I was like, this is actually better than the Kardashians <laughs> because it's like mimicking it perfectly. Uh, but yeah, Kardashians are ba- bad. I watch a lot of bad reality TV, but reality kind TV of as show. background. So I don't feel yeah. like I'm working late at night. I'll have background reality tv I, i'm the same um, i do i do cooking shows and like like you know the 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 hell's kitchen to the master chef but the worst part is is i don't cook so yeah i just don't know why i'm obsessed <laughs> with cooking shows but i don't ever cook i'm a delivery person but so. i think it's quite therapeutic watching people cook so it could be could it be is that. it is and, I, and exactly as you said like just having that background noise uh keeps you feeling a little bit like with this this comfort around you exactly there's people around you. it's exactly so, that I agree. Uh, what are you currently watching or reading? So I think, you know, apart from the Kardashians, what are you uh, <laughs> The Kardashians. So watching, <laughs> I'm not really watching anything at the moment apart from apart from some reality TV. Um, so I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I literally just finished a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And it would be a good one, a good one for you mm. if you haven't read it. I'm which, actually going to, yeah. Because he talks about all the benefits of sleep. Um, but he, there's a lot of scientific studies, but it's a really easy read at the same time. So I, I just Amazing. finished that. And I'm not sure what I'm going to get stuck into next, actually. Um, okay, I'm, I'm 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 I might go out. for some fiction next. We'll see. But you, I like you that read balance. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually Amazon it right after. That. I need it. As I said, I, my sleep needs a complete fix. So I'm going to do that. Um, what's your favorite social media platform right now? So I, I hear you talking a lot about TikTok and I actually haven't really been on TikTok. I have, I have people from my team telling me about it. <laughs> so I, Instagram is the one that I, I use. You know, like the only reason I say TikTok now now is because I... I was similar to you. Like I, I don't really, I didn't really get TikTok, and I, and I just didn't have the time. I felt like it's another whole thing I need to focus on. But then every retailer, everyone's telling me, if you're not on TikTok, your brand's yeah, not going to succeed. So yes. I'm like learning the TikTok algorithm by just being on it. Um, it is, it is, it is pretty amazing. So I would recommend. I'll, I'll read the the sleeping. And I'm gonna. Study, I know it's on my list of things to do, and I keep saying, <laughs> and then I haven't really. But I'm going to get yeah, on no, TikTok then. That's my okay, task. Okay, good. And my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur in the wellness, you know, skincare space, what would you be doing? I would be working in hospitality. I would be overseeing HR in a, for a hotel chain. Well, I think, you know, you as an incredible founder and a manager and a boss, I, th- I can understand why, because it all comes from that. So uh, amazing. So Irene, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before we sign off, I just want to ask, where can everyone find you and your brand? Um, what are your handles? So at Irene Forte Skincare um, on social and Irene Forte Skincare dot 
com uh, is our website or irenefortskincare.com and um, then Netaporters Global online in case you're somewhere else Amazing. and want to look at it. Well, guys, I can't encourage you enough to check out Irene Forte's Instagram, socials and the brand Irene Forte Skincare. Um, hopefully you'll also, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll share more of your journey as we do more of these podcasts. I, I always loved the idea of maybe in a, in a year or two, do a round two or a round mm-hmm. three because the journey is always evolving and changing. Who knows yeah. by then you might, you might, um, have sold the company or you might have, um, <laughs> who knows what, what's going to happen. Who knows? Spa everywhere around the world. So <laughs> I'm excited to see your journey. I'm going to be following avidly. Um, and thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved talking to you. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.